Welcome to another episode of Empowered Coaches Changing Humanity podcast. And it has just been a dream to keep interviewing people and see the influence they're having on humanity. It's, it just brings me so much joy. And thank you so much for listening in. Today, I am super excited to have Homera Fagihi with us. And she is going to be speaking on transform your self-doubt into self-worth after you end an unhealthy relationship. How many of us end up in unhealthy relationships. I know I certainly have, and it really is so much about uh, changing ourselves so that the next relationship can actually be a healthy one. So please help me welcome Homera. Hello, so nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's it's just such a joy to have you, Homera, and I I really can't wait to get into the juice of this conversation that we're going to have with you. I I so appreciate your doing the work in the world, having suffered unhealthy relationships, and now I'm in you know a relationship that I couldn't even dream was possible for myself. Super healthy, and so I just want to tell our audience a little bit about you. Homera is a psychotherapist of over two decades, so you learn a lot in that period of time. She's a licensed clinical social worker and has a doctorate in psychology, so you really understand the mind. Homera has years of experience with developing and offering group programs for women. As a social worker and therapist, Homera has helped women with all sorts of struggles, including intimate partner violence. Homera is the founder of Power to the Self Online Coaching and the creator of Empowerment for You Blueprint. Currently, she provides services to women to the self online coaching and the creator, whoops, sorry, I missed that. Currently, she provides services to women as an empowerment coach. In this role, Homera serves women who have left an unhealthy relationship to transform their self-doubt into self-worth. This is, this is a topic after my own heart. I left an abusive relationship, 13-year abusive relationship with two small children. Where were you when I really needed you? Um, it, was, it was, and yeah, the, the self-doubt that we experience can be absolutely debilitating and we don't recognize it. So I just, I just want to speak to the seriousness of this issue and how many women in the world you know, worldwide mm -hmm. that this, this affects, and I can't wait to hear more. Yes. Yes. And thank you for sharing about your story and, and congratulations on the courageous decision that you made uh, that I'm just learning about leaving that relationship, especially with kids, young kids, it's extremely difficult. And um, I mean, I've had my own share of very unhealthy situations, but, you know, leaving that without a kid is is was difficult enough so congratulations to you and all women who have left an abusive relationship and 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 to those who are still in an abusive relationship i send you all of my love it's very very difficult to leave it's it's very hard and um for some it's not possible because of the um i mean possible at this time it's not possible at this time but my my hope is that you can get out as soon as possible and safely of course yes yes and yes. it's not 
it's not always that easy. And we think when, when it ends that we're done, we're going to be okay. And there's, there's still more. So can you, would you be okay to share with us your own personal story of what brought you here and all the work that you've done that you've chosen this topic to really help women with? Yes. So, um, as, as you mentioned, I have been a psychotherapist for 22 years. And, and as I mentioned, I had my own share of unhealthy relationships when I was younger, currently happily married and very, very grateful. I got married later on in life, but I'm happy that I waited. It worked out. It worked out. Um, but basically, my, um, the last nine years of, of the job that I was in, from which I uh, resigned last year, which was a very difficult um, decision, but I, I had to make it. In that job, my role was, my official title was women's health social worker. And in that role, I provided case management as well as um, therapy groups. Uh, a group I did individual and group therapy. And I offered these groups based on the needs that the women came in with. So I, they, they, you know, when I saw that there was so much, um, uh, report of intimate partner violence, domestic violence, and the intake assessments that I was doing. I thought, why is it that we don't have that group? That Why don't we offer this group? Why are we referring out? It doesn't make sense. So I went out there and got the certificate, the education on it, and I started to develop a group and provided that group for the first time in that entire whole amazingly huge agency called the Department of Veterans Affairs. In that in, in the Los Angeles area, it was that group did not exist and I couldn't believe that it didn't exist. And um, so once I started that group, in addition to other groups that I provided before and after, I mean, what I, what I realized is how empowering this work is for the ladies who are participating. And some of them told the other friends who were in a similar situations and they came to the group. And, um, and how rewarding it was for me to be a part of that and such a privilege to be a part of that. And um, so when I also was like, for example, the subject of shame kept coming up, no matter what we're talking about, not just in this group, but it, with other women who are, I was working and for all of us, because we all experience shame. So whether we talk about you know, domestic violence or homelessness or sexual trauma or parenting or childhood trauma, it doesn't matter, uh, financial issues, there's always shame. So because that kept coming up, I also started a group on shame. Um, and that was really helpful. I also then when, you know, we were done with that group, people like, okay, what's next? I'm not done. I need more of this. So we then, I started another, another group called Moving Forward. So basically I have put my groups together into a program that I'm now offering through Power to the Self. And so when I resigned from my job last year because of all the policy changes and it was just so overwhelming, things kept changing around so much. And that's why it was a difficult decision to leave because I loved working with my clients, but I also noticed that my own mental health was uh, suffering a little bit from the stress. And so that's how I ended up uh, leaving and brought all the group work together into a program through power to the self coaching. Oh, that is, that is absolutely fantastic. And there's such a need for that and being able, do you do it online? Is, is this something yes. people can all join virtual. in yes. online? And, and so, yeah, there's, yes, 
there is is such a great need. And I remember that there was an incident in our home uh, for myself personally, and my husband for the first time punched me in the chest. The abuse had he'd never hit me before, and he punched me in the chest, and I had welts, and I was terrified and called the police. Thank goodness, and then they gave me some resources and one uh, where we were living then was family violence project and i was able to join a group and it was through that program that i was eventually able to one time when he got drunk again you know how much later i went to a transition house and i still didn't leave immediately it was stepping stones until i finally said no no, you change permanently or or I'm gone. And I let him know and I left and I didn't know what the future held, but it really took some time beforehand. So I know the talk is about what happens after we leave, but I just want to acknowledge any listener. If you have a friend who is in an abusive or toxic relationship, that it takes time and they, they need help and support is so important that women today feel supported so i'm i'm just so grateful do you work with people as well uh who are in relationships and are struggling with leaving um for this particular work right now i have focused on people who've already left because like you mentioned there are a lot of community services that can help you get through that initial um stage of um you know, moving and getting ready for moving out and how to put your papers together and things together and how to find a place. And so it's, it takes a lot of um, support. And, and as you mentioned, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And um, I thought about that, but I thought that as a person who, who I'm working on my own and not having the um, support of an agency behind me, it's very difficult to manage all of that. That's why I'm so grateful for community agencies because they're extremely helpful, as you mentioned. They're extremely helpful with uh, facilitating that transition to move into a stable situation. So once you're in a stable situation, but you're you're still noticing a lot of self-doubt and a lot of um, negative self-beliefs, that's where my services can be very helpful. Excellent. Yes. And there isn't the agencies. Once once you're done, you're done sort of thing. They may have a little bit of follow up, but really not not a whole lot. And it's 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 a life's journey. It's a yes. Life's journey. yes, it is. So, so you're going to share with us uh, four points to transform yes. the doubt. And so what what is step number one, please? Okay, yes, of course. So the program is Empowerment for You. That's number four and letter U. And the first U is, excuse me, unlearn the lies that you were told about you. That is the focus on this first segment. And so the way that I do this as a therapist, I use several different modalities, but the one that I really liked was, well, I mean, the one I should say that really matches my coaching Uh, services is cognitive behavior therapy. Because with cognitive behavior therapy, we don't dig deep into the past, we're in the present moment. What is my thought, my feeling, my behavior in the present moment? And that matches really well with what I'm trying to do now, or what I'm doing now. So if you picture a triangle, and uh, the top corner says thought, and the bottom two corners, thought, I'm sorry, thought is on top, feeling and behavior on the bottom corners. So picture that triangle. 
and there are arrows on the three sides that go both ways. Arrows on the three sides that go both ways, which means our thought affects our feeling, feeling affects behavior, behavior affects thought, and then the other way around as well. And so what we want to do is we want to become aware of how these three elements interact with each other. Of course, we have thousands of thoughts each day and we can't keep track of all of our thoughts, but it's so important, especially when a, uh, when a negative thought comes up such as unhelpful, let's say um, limiting thoughts such as I'm not worthy. That's a belief more like a thought, more than a, the belief, basically thought is a reaction in the moment and belief is a thought that we've had for a long, long, long time. So yes. if, if you say, I'm not worthy, you're basically seeing yourself through the eyes of the uh, abusive partner or maybe an abusive parent, an abusive boss, teacher, clergy, whoever said, um, you are not worthy. We, we take that voice on and it becomes our own voice. And that's how we develop our beliefs as a child and or if you're in an abusive relationship through the eyes of the partner that has power over you. So um, the first step is to unlearn the lies. And how do we do that? First, we become aware of it. When I say to myself, I'm not worthy, that's a lie. If I say to myself, who am I to dream that, whatever that is, that's a lie because you have every right to dream that. Or um, if you say, I am helpless, there's nothing I can do about this situation. I mean, for most, most of the time, that is a lie and we are not helpless. And so first is to identify the thought slash belief. And then we want to see how it affects our feelings and how it affects our behaviors. How do these three elements interact with each other? And um, I'm just going to give a simple example. If I wake up in the morning and I say to myself, it's sunny, and I say to myself, I hate the sun. Okay, so that's my thought. So my feeling would be um, I'm, I'm maybe angry or frustrated that it's, it's this way, that the sun is out. My behavior maybe that I um, close the curtains, put the blanket over my head, and I just stay in bed. Maybe I even cry because I'm so angry that it's sunny. But the same situation, I wake up and I say, I love the sun. That's my thought. I love the sun. My feeling is going to be happy and energetic. My behavior is going to be actually jumping out of bed and taking a shower and get ready for my day. It's the same situation, but it's the thought that starts the whole process. And so the first step is to become aware of our thoughts and recognize how they interact, how they affect our feelings, how they affect our behaviors. And also then start to, if the next step is to start to evaluate the thought. Is this thought accurate? If I say to myself, I am not worthy, is this accurate? What evidence do I have for this? What evidence do I have against it? So we wanna evaluate the thought. Uh, we talk about, um, this is a, a very um, common uh, CBT, cognitive behavior therapy tool that we use three C's. The first C is catch the thought. The second C is to check the thought. It's the evaluation I was just talking about. And the third C is to change the thought. So we want to replace the thought with a thought that is accurate and balanced and helpful. And we will see the triangle will be different. We will experience the triangle, meaning our mood will change, our behavior will change once we have a thought that is accurate and balanced and helpful. So that would be the first year. I, I love the three C's. Catch the thought. That's yeah. the hardest, number one. 
is to actually catch the thought and then we can check it. Is this a lie? Is this true? Is it accurate? Is it not? And then we can change the thought. So we're working at, at the level of the mind. What if we have a hard time catching our thoughts? Do you have any tips on catching the thoughts? Yes, that you make such a good point because catching the thought may be very difficult, especially if we have we ha we all have automatic thoughts. And these are thoughts that we've had for a long, long time. And we assume that they're true because we've had, had them for such a long time. So you can start by look asking yourself, what is a thought? What is this thing that I keep telling myself over the years I've said this to myself and start from there. For example, you might have a thought that people judge me all the time. That's your thought. That's your automatic thought that everywhere you go, people are judging you. That's a thought that you've had so long that you might actually think it to be 100% true. But it's not. It may, be true. No, <laughs> it may be true just a tiny person at the time, but it's not true all the time. It is absolutely not true all the time. And so you can start by asking yourself, what is this thought that keeps coming to you, coming to me in every situation and start from there. And then you evaluate that thought and then you replace it with a thought that is accurate and balanced and helpful. Because some thoughts are like half accurate and half not. So then we want to replace it with something that's right. accurate. Right. I, I love it that that you then have more to do once you catch it. To me, the hardest thing is, is to catch it. And at the same time, it's developing a new pattern. It takes practice, yes, really. For sure. So what is step number two? And so step number two is uncover, that's the second you, uncover the difference between differences between healthy and unhealthy relationship. And this is where it's so important. And, you know, in high school, they don't teach us the signs of an unhealthy and or abusive relationship or a toxic relationship. They don't, they don't teach us that. And so we go into these relationships not doing what we really are doing. And so it's really important to be aware of the differences between healthy and unhealthy relationships, the difference between healthy, unhealthy boundaries, what, what is a boundary, how do we set one? And this is important to obviously very important to be aware of all of this I mean it, we can talk about this for a whole hour but yes we we could talk about this a whole hour and and yes it's not taught and it's to me it's not even necessarily up to the school system it would be great to speak about yes. it, but also at home you know yes. parents, yeah. when we have children there's yes. a lot and, and parent or children learn from example so if there's unhealthy habits within the family you know, low grade to, to really high grade, uh, the child accepts that as normal. So then we go out into the world. So it's, it's very tricky. And one of the things I know you really look at uh, that I really admire is toxic versus abusive. Yes. Toxic versus abusive. Can you speak to that a little bit, please? Sure. Um, the way I see them different is, um, so when you're in a toxic relationship, we would feel, um, let's say, if you're in a toxic, you, you, you know what, I, if you feel these, you know what I'm talking about. You'd feel exhausted all the time, maybe angry, frustrated, drained, um, maybe even depressed or anxious. These are the feelings that one would feel in a relationship that's toxic. Like on a regular basis, this is what you would feel. Of course, and even in the happiest of the relationship, we have our moments or days when we're angry and frustrated and um, not feeling heard or understood. That, that happens in any relationship. But if it's ongoing, 
then that, and that's why you would feel drained because you're always anxious or angry or um, frustrated, then you're drained as a result of all of this. In an in a, uh, abusive relationship, you would feel all of this. Plus, if you are on the receiving end of the abuse, you would also feel fearful. You would feel fearful because the partner, the other partner has a lot of control over you. They have more power in the relationship than you would. And so that element of fear is very present because if you express yourself, your needs, your desires, your likes and dislikes, you are uh, retaliated against. You're gonna pay for it. You will pay for it. You know you will pay for it. Even if the threat is not verbalized, it's implied. You know, based on the history of what they have done and the fear that they have put in you, that you know you're gonna pay for it. And so that element of fear is very present uh, present and that's how an abusive relationship is is different from toxic when the toxic both uh, partners have equal power it's not like one partner has more power than the other mm -hmm. however in the abusive one partner has a lot more power than the other and and makes sure to put a lot of fear into the other person to control them in that way right right okay so the difference is adding on that fear factor. yes Adding yes. on that fear factor and control, and, and 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 so I learned about through this agency the cycle of violence, and so there's that honeymoon phase. Yes, things go around, and so we we become aware that oh, he really does love me. Look, he cares. He's being so kind now and sweet. But there's it's you know the ups and down, the waves of the relationship, yes. but also this cycle that can go around and and become shorter and shorter. So in either of these, in the toxic, does one feel exhausted all the time and angry? Or does that, is there a cycle that exists within a toxic relationship? Um, as far as I can tell is, and I've seen in, in my work, it's not, I'm, I don't know, like a cycle. I don't, I'm not aware of a cycle like it is with, it's a very clear cycle with the right. abusive relationship. Just like I was telling somebody just, just yesterday, because he was now back to being kind again, you know, and, and I said at minimum, at minimum, he needs to own up to every single abusive thing that he has done. That's the minimum that he needs to do in order for you to be able to trust him because there's been this cycle on and on and on and on. And you, you, you probably know that. And so um, um, Cheryl, I mean, you, cause you, you mentioned yeah. your history just now. And so at minimum, it's so important that we recognize that they need to own up to all the bad things that they have done. Because a lot of times, I mean, they don't, they just give crumbs. They give mm -hmm. crumbs and mm -hmm. they want you to go back for the little bit that they give, which is so tiny compared to all the damage that they've caused. Yes, it's, and in my case, it wasn't that way. He would become this amazing, loving, kind man who was extremely regretful, extremely oh, wow. regretful. And that's what made it so hard to leave. Yes. Was be in the honeymoon phase and he would be sweet as anything wow. and then, and then it, it would start to go down dive down dive down and yes. we would even talk about it at times I'm like you're not treating me very well again that sort of yes. thing and so he couldn't help it you know he was just so wounded that then his patterns would come out and and he would be abusive so very difficult and i know go ahead you have I just say, to say thank you for for sharing about your example because i do want to say 
at minimum, you know, like with this, this lady who was just talking to, at minimum, they need to own up. It's not enough. And as right. you just pointed out, it's not enough, but that's the minimum. Yes. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Please. Yeah. No, no. I, I, I really appreciate this. This step too is uncover is yeah. to, because, and we need help with that as well. We need help because it's hard to see. So I think even with the attitude of, I'm going to uncover what's really going on here. You know, mm -hmm. making that commitment to the self empowers you. Yes. I'm, I'm looking now. I'm not going to live in this fog of not knowing what's really going on anymore and not having that clarity, but to really uncover. Okay. What is the third you? The third you is to untie yourself from shame and move towards self-compassion. And uh, shame is what really gets us stuck. Uh, you know, I, I, we all experience shame. We all find it difficult to talk about. And the more we don't talk about it, the bigger it gets. And, and if, you, if anyone knows Brene Brown, which I think half of the planet knows her at this point, she covers this very well. And I strongly recommend to look into her work. And I use some of her work in my groups as well. Um, she calls shame master emotion, which I so believe it to be true because when we, because shame can seep into other areas of our life, we can experience shame, let's say in our relationship. And then it ends up that we say to ourselves, I'm not good enough to go back to school. I'm not good enough to ask for this raise. So it can affect us in all sorts of ways if we're experiencing it in one area of our life. And so it's so important, especially with history of any sort of abusive or unhealthy, toxic relationship, there's so much shame because uh, we were not able to make that work. Or if the partner keeps putting us down in the case of an abusive relationship, there's so much shame. And so we want to understand it and first understand shame, understand that we all experience it and, and to normalize it in that way, and also to move towards self-compassion. And part of understanding it is if we put it in the triangle that I was just talking about. Um, so picture that triangle again, when we have thought on top and then we have feeling and behavior on the bottom corners, uh, thought is in this case, I am not worth thought slash belief is I am not worthy of love and belonging. If that's the thought, it leads to the feeling of shame and the behavior a lot of the times, not always, but a lot of times is to withdraw and to isolate and hide from people. And so that would be the behavior. And, and that's kind of like putting the triangle and the shame together in just quick little um, nutshell so that it's um, easy to understand. Uh, I hope that was clear. Does that make sense? Very shame. clear. Untie, untie, because shame is destructive. Yes. Shame will seep into everything that we do, it will seep into all relationships. And it yes. keeps us, it actually keeps us at a low level vibration. It's, it's yes. so low on the scale. And, and so we want to really get out of that as soon as possible when yes. we're, and, and to move and into. A it's different not like, 
and, and yes, we want to get out of it, but we want to make sure that we all know that it's not like we're going to be done with shame for the rest of the, our life. It will keep, it keeps coming back, but the work is becoming aware of it. So back to the triangle, if I'm feeling shame, what is it that I'm thinking that is causing this shame? Oh, I just thought that I'm, that I must be not worthy of this thing, but, or I, I must be a small person. I miss, must be unworthy. That's what I'm thinking right now. So let's do the three C's, you know, with that. Yes. Very good. Very good. Thank you. And what is the fourth and final you? The fourth and final you is upgrade your vision for your future. Upgrade your vision for your future. So now that we know how to how to work on unlearning the lies, now that we know how to understand the differences between healthy and unhealthy relationships, we understand boundaries and how to set them, how to express them. We understand how we can untie ourselves from shame and move towards self-compassion. And by the way, we cannot be in shame and self-compassion in the same moment. So at any moment we can choose, right now I'm in shame, let me, let me go into self-compassion. So now that we understand all of those, it's time to upgrade our vision for our future. What do I mean by that? So for example, if I have wanted to go back to school, I can say, I'm going back to school. This is my decision. I said, because let's say my ex said, who are you to go back to school? Or I'm not allowing you to go back to school. For an example, um, we can say, I'm doing it. And so the work here is to, again, back to the triangle. We want to match our thoughts, our feelings, and I, our behavior to that goal. If my vision is I want to go back to school, anytime my thought goes to who am I to go back to school, I need to catch it. And I need to do the three C's with it. And I need to make sure that my feelings and my behaviors match that vision. So what would be a, a helpful behavior? The helpful behavior would be to look into different schools, look at different programs, um, apply to different schools, maybe plan your finances so that when the time comes, I'm ready to go uh, and you know, join this program. Um, look into my savings account, look into student loans. These are the behaviors that would match that goal. So we wanna make sure that our thoughts and feelings and behaviors match our vision. And that's the fourth you. I, I love that because upgrading our vision for ourselves, that's moving into the true empowerment yes. and, and creating those new patterns with the CBT. Yes. You know, the thought, the feeling and the behavior uh, actually starts to create new patterns within us by pursuing that, by yes. pursuing that and continuing to pursue whatever that is and becoming that new person. So upgrade the vision for yourself. Who all wants to upgrade the vision for yourself? And this, this really gives you a way to do it, especially to me, to include the emotions in there. The emotions can really, really change us. Yes. I love that. I yes. love that. Yes. And so can you just repeat the four U's for us, please? Yes. So the first U is to... Um, unlearn the lies that you were told about you. Second you, uh, second you is uncover the differences between healthy and unhealthy relationships. Three is untie from shame, untie yourself from shame and move towards self-compassion. And four is upgrade your vision for your future. Very good. And so we can remember it as unlearn, uncover, untie and upgrade. Unlearn. Mm -hmm 
uncover, untie, and upgrade. Yes. Love it. I love it because we have to uncover it before we can untie it. It's the clarity, the recognition that, oh, this is not serving me. This is not serving me. And then we can untie it. Oh, it's so good. So good. I love this. I love this process. And you, you have a bit of a freebie for us where people can um, go to a live webinar and actually experience this with you. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, um, I am happy to. Uh, once or twice a month, usually twice a month, I offer this free masterclass called Say No Without Guilt. And uh, if you have been in an unhealthy relationship, especially an abusive relationship, you might relate to this because it's sometimes hard to say no. And when we say yes, we end up feeling resentful. Or sometimes the other end of it is if you've been in an abusive relationship where you were um, not able to express yourself at all and you were feeling oppressed and suppressed and now you go the other way and you say your no in a very harsh way. And then you end up feeling guilty and regretful afterwards because you were just too harsh with the person. And because that's quite common too, if you weren't able to express yourself, you know, sometimes people go the other way. And so in this masterclass, we talk about how is it that you are communicating in this way and how we can come to the middle to speak in an assertive way to say no or to just express ourselves, our needs in an assertive way, which is the healthy way. And um, you know, the way to do that is all uh, discussed inside that uh, free masterclass. Oh, and it's free. That is, and that free. is awesome. And yes. how long is a masterclass? Is it one hour? It's 75 hours? minutes. It's 75 minutes. minutes. Yes. And if you sign up on my um, website, which is powertothself.com, if you just go on there and uh, put yourself on the way on the, on the uh, mailing list, or uh, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, just search power to the self on Instagram and you'll find me and you will see that I announce it every couple of weeks, I give a new date for uh, the masterclass. Wonderful. The easiest way is go to your website. So we will put your website power to the self.com in the show notes so people can just click there and also a link to your Instagram and all other social media. This has just been such a joy, Homera, for you to share, especially it's so dear to my heart. And I think we all know somebody at some point in our lives who are, it's either ourselves, we're in a toxic or abusive relationship, or somebody we know is. And so to just have some pointers like these for yous and to remember that, write them down. It's this has just been um, such an eye opener and heart opener. I'm, I'm so glad you're in the world doing this work for people, especially once they've left one of those relationships. Any final words for our audience? Final words, I would say if there is a time to work on self-empowerment, it's, it's now. It's now with all the chaos that is going on around us and in the outside world. It is so important to keep the inside strong and sturdy and powerful. And so however that self-empowerment may look like for you, whether it's talking to a therapist or a coach or getting help from a clergy, it may be working on your spirituality, working on your intuition, like I am right now working on that, um, changing your diet or evaluating your friendships, your relationships, whatever it is that would help you feel more empowered on the 
inside, this is the time to do it. Now is the time. You are so right, Homeira. It has yeah. just been such a joy to have you. Thank you so much. Thank and, you. And so that has been, this is a, another episode of Empowered Coaches Changing Humanity. And we have had Homeira Figihi, who is, a, she's a doctorate in psychology. I mean, this woman has studied and practiced. She has over two decades of experience. Thank you so much, Hamera. And she has given us four powerful tips on how to move beyond self-doubt and into self-worth after ending a toxic or abusive relationship. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next week. <laughs>